Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jake Melham, and the man who I believe he started off his Discord career with a username, something like Anime Lover 69420 or something like that, is Jeremy Hikaias Greco. Jeremy, how you doing uh, tonight? I, you know, I started my internet career before the number 69 or 420 meant anything to anyone, so I'm... Um, I'm too old, but good try. I I, I really did try. Um, you know, we, we couldn't have we couldn't make a joke like that about Max though, because you know I I don't know what he would have started on. Like he was probably still passing notes in class. I I don't know how that really works. <laughs> you you, you got to think, man. When I was coming up in in high school, like we at least had we would share notes between like our phones and stuff like that. So it wasn't sure. texting but you were still all linked up in one class and you're just passing notes back and forth. But uh, that is a, uh, that's kind of dating myself and I don't like that. I mean, when I was in high school, we didn't have phones. Fair. So that is fair. But anywho's, <laughs> that is, uh, that, yeah, that's true. But that's probably like the last time that the Royals have been successful as well. Mm. Back when you were in uh back when you were in high school, because trust mm. me, People are uh, people are really forgetting about that World Series championship in '15 with every passing day, my man. It is uh, you know, it's getting rough out here. Everyone tried to tell me in 2016, 2017, flags fly forever, and I said, yeah, but like I stopped caring at some point about a flag, and I would like to have fun again. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> We're not having fun right now. <laughs> no, no, we we really, really aren't. Um, unfortunately, when we are recording, the athletics are still playing, so they uh, they have a chance to win. But um, other than the athletics, that's the Royals' only competition for the worst record in the American League by far. When we're recording this, it's after the Braves game on Sunday. They are currently sitting at 4-12, and 12, hardly the start that anyone wants to wants to see and if you want to hear more about today's game i will have the royals recap up right after this podcast episode so please stay tuned through that but jeremy i mean go ahead go ahead if you do want to hear more about today's game i just if you don't get help here please get it somewhere somewhere please okay yeah, I'd, you need help. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a referral code. I don't have like any suggestions on on therapists in the Kansas City, Missouri area. But it is people who are still tuning in and still paying for the the seats behind home plate. Good on you, because this is it is getting rough out here in these streets, Jeremy. I'm I'm at a distance, and it's still getting rough. I I just don't even know. I I think last night because the the Saturday night game was was even worse than today's. Yeah. Just an absolute drubbing against the Atlanta Braves and like I literally tweeted out on the podcast Twitter which is at Royal Rundown Pod. I I just don't know what to do anymore because yeah. I want to I I want to talk about the Royals and I want them to be successful but golly it, it is hard right now. I th- I think you said it best Jeremy though you said it's just hard to be passionate about this team right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and listen chris bubich is on the injured list yeah so i uh, my 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 last grip on like i don't know what i was gripping i was gripping something it's it's i'm, I'm losing it fast <laughs> and i will i i am i'm going to give everyone a peek behind the curtain here i am 
avoiding talking about the the Chris Bubich situation because there are um you know there are some details that I want to hear come out that could make it a little bit more concerning than usual but it doesn't help when Bubich said in his post game interview that it was early on in the game and he went on to throw 100 pitches against the Braves yeah. so I am. That is something, unfortunately, that until I get more details, I'm not touching with a 10 foot stick. But there's enough there's enough bad stuff that we could talk about with with these Royals. And I, you know, I think, Jeremy, that we would still be frustrated, but we wouldn't be as disappointed with the Royals today if they didn't have a solid shot to win today's game. Yeah, I mean, for for crying out loud, it was it was a tied game in the eighth. Yep. And Aroldis Chapman had just thrown a really good inning. Josh Taylor had thrown a good inning before him. And you have the team's best reliever, quote unquote, best coming up in the ninth inning. It's like, okay, we have we have a chance here. We got some good batters coming up. I, I really think we might be able to pull this out. But Jeremy, you had to write the freaking recap for RoyalsReview.com. Like how, how hard was it to try and put a, a positive spin on such a heartbreaking loss? I, I didn't even try. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I, uh, the, the thing you, we talk about the being tied in the eighth inning and that's true. But the thing that stood out to me was actually the third inning. Uh, when Zach Granke gave up the three runs, when he could have given up one, uh, if yeah. Edward Oliveris had played the ball a little bit better. Uh, and then, and then the bottom of the inning, the Royals brought seven hitters to the plate, seven hitters and scored one run. They yeah. loaded the bases twice and hit ground balls both times. From, and that was Bobby Witt Jr. and that was Salvador Perez. Those are two guys who you were absolutely counting on to carry this offense, and it it did not happen, and it hasn't been happening for two, however many weeks we are in, I can't count anymore, however many weeks we are into the season. Yeah, and it is, it's... We all we were also focused on the offense being bad, rightfully so, against that opening series against the Twins and some part of the Blue Jays. But in the grand scheme of things, it's it's just not getting better. Like we're we're 15 games in, we're not really. I don't think we're really talking about like okay, it's it's too early to tell, and like how how much farther can we keep pushing it back? Are we gonna make these final calls at game number 30, at game number 60? Like what? At what point do we do we make this call? But I am making the call right now. The Royals offense right now is the worst in Major League Baseball. There's there's only so long you can say, oh, well, they're hitting the ball hard and it's just not dropping. Yeah. And before they they stop hitting the ball hard. Um, mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I think that's kind of what's happening right now is they stopped hitting the ball hard. And they didn't get the hits when they were hitting the ball hard. Now they're they're not getting the hits and they're not hitting it hard. And there's the the starting pitching is starting to show a little bit of negative regression, which mm -hmm. probably should have anticipated. But I'm you know a noted non overreactor, so I thought it was just going to continue forever. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, listen, we're gonna we'll talk a little bit more about the about the pitching woes uh, later on in the show, but to. Because I know I I had it last time on the podcast after I made some claims and didn't back it up. I had some people slide in the DMs and say, well, like the that's just your opinion. Like there's no metrics to back that up. Okay, so go go look at the major league baseball rankings. The worst on base percentage in baseball, 28th in runs scored, 
29th in OPS and 29th in batting average. Like this, this team is just not getting it done at the plate. And it's so, I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's only so frustrating because coming into 2023, everyone was kind of like, okay, we need to fix the, we need to fix the pitching. Like the, the, the bats are going to be fine. The bats will be maybe above average. And there's been individual performances that have been lost. And some, sometimes it's ironic, like in my mind, okay, Bobby Witt Jr. has multiple three hit games in a row. And then he goes around today and is 0 for 4 and did two scoring threats for the Royals and only reached base on a fielder's choice. Like it is, it's, it's just discouraging right now. You know, you know, Jeremy, I, go, go ahead and button this up, please. Cause we need to move on, man. Yeah. The, the, the thing that frustrates me the most about the offense is I feel like they do okay until they get runners in scoring position. And then I think they're expanding the strike there. I, I have, I need to look at the metrics to get some real answers on this, but uh, it, it, it just feels like they're not, they, they stop waiting for their pitch to hit and they're just kind of flailing and going, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get the run in. I gotta get a run in right now. Nobody else will do it. And it's, it's become a real problem. It, it really has. It really has. Um, but speaking about real problems, I want to, I want to talk about Brady Singer later on because I think he, there, you know, there's some more metrics. There's some more public opinion out there on that right now. But on our last episode with Greg Walker, we touched on the fact like, hey, is Scott Barlow washed? And that might have been an overreaction, but it certainly doesn't feel like an overreaction after today. Um, Jeremy, I want you before before you say your piece, I just want to put out some numbers there. Please. So this is and this is all before today's today's game where he did give up an earned run where he did give up two hits, things like that. So through hit through the first five appearances of 2023, it's the worst ERA of his career. Um, the least in the least amount of innings pitched with only four and two thirds, he already had a blown save and he already had to save credit to him. And before today, he had the same number of strikeouts and batters walked which is not, which is just, it feels so much like the 2022 Royals all over again and that bullpen and how Barlow was like the outlier in that bullpen and how he was still dominant down the stretch. And this is, we're now, this was his sixth appearance today against the Braves. And we're now on a multitude of times where, hey, Barlow doesn't feel like a, a sure thing anymore. And is like, honestly, what, what are you thinking about Scott Barlow right now, Jeremy? I, I think I'm thinking what a lot of people are thinking, which is you could tell me it's too early to, to think that he's done. And I mean, in my head, yeah, six appearances, he's, he's probably, I mean, that's, that's probably 10% of what he's going to throw this year. Yeah. Um, but it's it's all at the beginning of the year and it's all together. Um, none of his outings have felt like, oh yeah, nobody's going to touch him. Even when he's he's had successful outings, it's been a little touch and go, a little like, oh, is he going to make it? Is he going to do it? And and that that just throws a flag up in my mind because I remember seeing that uh, with with guys like Wade Davis and Greg Holland before they moved on to other places and were not as good. Um, where they'd been 
so dominant for so long and everyone's like, well, they're going to be dominant forever. And then, uh, well, I mean, they were still really good, but there were some days when it was like, are you, are you going to be okay? Yeah. And then, and then they, and then they weren't, uh, you know, or, or they were, but then, you know, the next year they weren't. And I feel like we, we had that a little bit with Scott Barlow last year where there were some games where it was like, eh, we got through it. But, and then this year we're really seeing that. We, we really are. And it is, it is just so, so frustrating and disappointing. And, you know, I still former, well, former friend of the pod. It's been a while since I've had him on the podcast, Royals Farm Report. Um, he's been putting out some really interesting polls on on Twitter lately about the whole like Whit Merrifield versus Scott Barlow. Who did we miss on the most to get rid of them? And honestly, this like, so all that to say, this stretch of appearances by Scott Barlow just feels like it, this isn't this isn't Scott Barlow anymore. Like this, you, this isn't the guy we've gotten used to. Go ahead. At trade deadline last year, at the end of the season last year, I feel like you you could have gotten top reliever in baseball return yeah. for his for for a trade, and he's gonna have to pitch lights out to even come close to that exactly. uh, by this year's trade deadline. And of course, he's gonna have one year less on his contract. He's gonna be one year older, which is even if he does pitch lights out until the trade deadline and re- re- recover some of his value it's not going to be as much as it would have been last year. And this team is not benefiting from him. This no. team wouldn't benefit from him if he was pitching well, because the rest of the team is not good either. Yeah. So and I, so I, I, I do want to, I want to button up the Scott Barlow stuff because there's, there's really nothing good to to look at with this, but this, this is going to be a hot take of the evening. Jeremy, I think that if Scott Barlow wasn't the name Scott Barlow, he would be a prime DFA candidate for the Kansas City Royals right now. If you're just looking at the stat line from this year and just even even the eye test from this year of him on the mound in these high leverage situations, he does not look like a good reliever. Would you agree, Jeremy, or would you go a different route? Uh, no, I 100% agree. The, like I said, even when he's had success this year, it's not been the kind of success where you're like, oh, yeah, oh, look at those nasty pitches. He is just like, he's killing guys out there. Um, that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing, okay, yeah, that's not a bad pitch. He made it work. Okay, he got out of that situation. Good job. I mean, if he'd gotten out of the situation today, um, you know, like he was trying, his first strikeout, he got on two pitches because of the, 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 pitch clock violation and then he got the double but that and i know people are probably gonna want to say oh that double was was you know that should have been caught but it was hit hard it was and it was hit went, very hard it was crazy today mm-hmm. um that that's just not a pitch you're gonna see caught all that often and in a lot of other parks it's just a home run <laughs> yeah exactly Oh, I, I do want to say this. A lot of folks were talking about, you know, because um, Saturday night MJ had a couple of like really, really close calls to mm-hmm. getting out of getting out of the field. And everyone was like, okay, bring the walls in, bring the walls in. Well, you got to think how many other teams would be hitting home runs right now in Kaufman. That's, if, that's if the, walls were in. the last time when they brought the walls in, they're like, Oh, the other teams get to hit more home runs too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, we, we forgot about that part. Huh? Yikes. Yikes. 
All right. Well, hey, on the other side of this ad break, we'll be talking a little bit more about the managing situation, our feelings on that, and then plus a little bit about Brady Singer. Stay tuned. And we are back here on Royals Rundown. Jake Milliam here with Jeremy Greco. So, Jeremy, I'm going to... I'm going to tee this up for you a little bit and I'm, I'm going to look like the, the ass for a little bit. Okay. So you got to think the Royals have four wins this year and half of those wins did not even come underneath manager Matt Quattrero. No, <laughs> two, two of them came with Paul Hoover at the, at the helm. So I'm, I'm sitting over here thinking like, you know what, if a, let's say this was the NFL or even the, even the NBA, maybe, I don't know if, if you had an interim coach come in and match the win total for your regular coach or manager in three games, when the other person has had what 12 now there would, there would be calls for that person in this instance, Paul Hoover to take over from the previous one i.e. Macotrero. So Jeremy, I know that is a, I'm not saying that is the case. I have seen talks of that. I have seen that pointed out plenty of times and we're, we're going to talk about the batting and the pitching and things like that. I definitely feel like it is too early to call for Macotrero's job, but I think we would be remiss if we weren't pointing at, pointing it out at least because after all, he is the manager. He is the, the leader of this team. But Jeremy, after this four and 12 start and another series sweep, how are you feeling about Mac Quattrero himself? My feelings about Mac Quattrero have not changed uh, from the beginning of the season, even the slightest bit. The thing about MLB managers is that out of the four major sports, they are the least responsible for the on-field product. Yeah. Uh, they don't design play like the NFL, the NBA, and it, I think in NHL and soccer, they design plays and, and formations and stuff. And that just doesn't happen in MLB. Like the formation is the formation. You have three outfielders, your four infielders, your pitcher, your catcher. That's that's what you got. Yep. And especially with the, the shift man, like you have even more limits on what you can do. Um, I, and honestly, I liked the idea of trying the two outfielder, five infielder kind of game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's working. And no. I wrote, wrote last weekend, I, I think it's time to go ahead and move on from that. Um, but I like that they tried it. I think it was worth trying. Um, but again, managers mostly are responsible in, in major league baseball for just making sure that everybody is headed in the same direction. Everybody's working together for the clubhouse atmosphere, a lot of intangibles, if you will. Um, and to that end, I think that, uh, it's especially silly to ask for an interim manager to take over the job when, uh, he, he was almost certainly just carrying on, you know, exactly what Matt Quattrero had started for him. Um, and he just kept pushing the same buttons, kept moving the same direction. You know, he was talking, it's not like he wasn't talking to Matt Quattrero and, you know, Hey, uh, what do you think we should do in these situations? I'm sure, I'm sure they had those conversations. Um, and, and I saw that there was a, there was a quote today, that uh, where Matt Quattrero said that the the team is it's a tough loss and nobody's happy right now, but they'll come back tomorrow and try. You know, they'll just they'll be the same as always. A lot of people are just really bagging on that. They're really unhappy with that quote. And on the one hand, I get it, and on the other hand, as the person who is most 
I, I think I'm probably the strongest uh, proponent of, Hey, take these people at their word. Mm. Uh, like I, I would take GMD at his word all the time. And people say, Oh, yeah. you know, don't actually take him at his word. Um, in this case, don't take him at his word. It was, it was just baseball non nonsense that, you know, it's just, Oh yeah, we got to take it one day at a time. You know, we got to keep going out there, blah, blah, blah. It didn't mean anything by it. And to, to read into it as much as people are reading into it, it's just a little silly. It's not even a month into his, his, work as a manager i i think everyone is really overreacting yeah yeah and i wanted to and for all the listeners out there i don't want anyone coming at me on twitter and saying like hey you know what you said macro should be fired or anything like that like no we just need to we're, we're gonna see down the stretch of this season especially if things don't get better soon we're gonna see some of these some of the silly finger pointing if if you will i think everyone ahead of this season knew that the win like the win loss record was not going to be good at the end of this season. Now we are actually faced with the reality of that and watching it unfold slowly and people are just they're they're forgetting that. It's it's the memory loss of understanding where this team was at and heading. Go ahead, Jeremy. Matt Quattrero, his job is not in any danger this year. No. Uh, JJ Piccolo knew what he was giving him. We've heard a lot of talk kind of in and around the Royals about this idea of finding out what the team has. And if you find out that the team has a bunch of hitters who can't hit, a bunch of relievers who can't throw strikes, well, that's not the manager's fault. Um, and so you're going to try, and especially when they worked as hard to get someone like Matt Quattrero, who was a consensus kind of top managerial prospect around the league. Um, I, I, you're going to give him more than one year to to see what he can do. For sure. And I think, you know, depending on the personnel moves, things like that, I'm going into tonight's show and saying like, he's got about a three-year clock is, is what I'm giving him. Um, you know, if if it's like a hundred loss season after season two, he's going to open up season three on the hot seat and things like that. But I agree with you wholeheartedly, Jeremy, his job is not on the line in any way, shape or form ahead of the 2024 season. And in, in my mind, he will be here opening day next year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so again, that's like, listen, that's just a little bit of a little bit of ammunition to, uh, to go back against some of these Royal cynics right now. And if you want to stay more informed about the the game and everything Royals related, please go check out RoyalsReview.com. You can also find Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. Both really good, like quick fire, you know, quick fire stuff from from our editor Max Reaper. Um, really getting the stats out there and really, you know, reading the room, if you will, on all things Kansas City Royals. Um, okay, so I am I want to talk about another. Royals outlet right now. Don't talk about it very often, but it is worth uh, worth noting. So Kings of Kaufman, the the fan cited equivalent of Royals Review, put out a poll. Um, let's see, that would have been yesterday, April fifteenth, and it asked the question: Were the Royals smart to not extend Brady Singer this off season? Um, and I'll, I'll just read the whole tweet. He has struggled mightily in two of his three starts this year on the road and in Kaufman. I know fans talked about wanting an extension, but a slow start is a good look for the front office in this regard. I, I voted on the poll and I said, yes, I was very much a proponent for the extension this off season. 
um, even giving him a little bit above market value just to secure his future in, in Kansas city. But right now after let's see here, I'm going to hold on. I got to pull up his stats too. Yeah. This is, this is his worst start in his career too. He's got 7.88 ERA um, in three starts. He's given up five home runs. Uh, he has, he has better control. Excuse me this year, only three walks to 15 strikeouts. So there are positive signs, but man, he's just been getting obliterated and his brave start did not help in the slightest. So Jeremy, that's my opinion on, on where Brady Singer is. I'm not punting on him and his Royals future, but I am glad that they did not sign him to an extension this off season. What do you think though? I am again, as with Quattro, my opinion really hasn't changed. It's three starts. Yeah. Um, uh, that's just, it's not much to base uh, an idea on. And I do think that there's an element of, I think he's trying some new stuff that the pitching coaches have brought to him. And I think he's just having some struggles making that adjustment. Um, but I also, you know, I've read some credible stuff that suggested that what he was succeeding with last year was not a long-term success plan. Oh. Um, he was like getting what? a lot of called strikes, oh. a lot of people just watching the ball go in there, and they're not going to do that forever. They're going to catch on to that front door uh, sinker eventually. And so um, there's some people arguing that that's what's happening now, and it's possible. Uh, but I, I like to think – I know – uh, I saw again a reference. I guess my favorite Twitter account to reference Lance Brzdowski uh, <laughs> pointed out that his his release point has changed from last year, and I, if that's not intentional, that's a problem. But if it is intentional, I think that that's just a sign of the pitching coaches went to him and said, "Hey, you know, I know you had success last year, but let's tweak some things to make sure you get to keep having success." And okay. I, I just don't. I don't think it's it's there yet. I don't think he's comfortable but we'll have to see what happens as time goes on. Yeah, that we will. And this is, this is something I didn't think about at first. So singer going to the world baseball classic and playing for team USA, he didn't have the same amount of time that a lot of these starting pitchers had to work with this new staff. So maybe that, you know what, that's, that's a great point, Jeremy. Maybe he is just still working through some of the stuff that these starting pitchers were working through in Arizona. So that is a, that is a great point. Um, if I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to talk about an extension right now for Brady Singer because it, it, he still has so many years of team control. Um, I remember, I, go ahead. If they, if they extended him in the off season, I don't think it would have been a bad idea. I don't think you do it right now. I don't think it makes sense. Well, right no, this second. No. Not, so, not right this yeah. second. But I will, it, it's worth noting a lot of, maybe we had unfair expectations of, of Brady heading into the 2023 season. After all, we were, we were expecting him to be like the team's number one, number two guy. And we were basing that off of what half a season of work. Like when he, even when he started out the season in, in triple a, like he, he, his stat line looked good. And he looked really dominant at times, but like you said, it just, it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. So. It's, uh, that's at least a theory. Anyways, I, I haven't, I haven't seen hard numbers that say he can't keep getting away with a front door sinker, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of people did theorize that. And I, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, major league hitters are some of the best at making adjustments in the entire world. Um, and, and when a book's out on a guy, a book's out. And yeah. and so it, it makes sense to me. I just, I, I can't say that it's 100% what would happen or is happening. It's just, I, I it makes sense. 
Well, I mean, that's that, like the books out on Michael Massey. Like he'll he'll swing at anything outside of the strike zone. So I mean, pitchers are just taking advantage of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, Jeremy, we started off this episode noting there are so many bad things to, to talk about with this team. I'm I'm going to put you a, a little bit on the a little bit on the spot here because I did I did write up a piece looking at three defensive metrics for the Royals. Um, one really like worse in the MLB bad one. Um, and then two good ones. One was Nate Eaton, which is, it's always going to be about his arm strength. He's got a cannon out there in the outfield. But the one that I looked at was that we're actually getting average defense right now from Bobby Wood Jr. at shortstop. Um, I know we touched on this a, a little bit last time, but in more of a, more of a calm tone, if, if you will, I just want to talk about like, has, has that made you feel better about his long-term future at shortstop and in Kansas city? The only thing that's going to make me feel better about Bobby Witt Jr. right now, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the idea that defense doesn't matter that much. I okay. think I think Royals fans overrate it because I think the Royals front office has overrated it. Um, I mean, certainly a good defender is better than a bad defender. I that's that's inarguable. However, I these guys are paid to hit. No one gets paid because they make they play good defense. They mm. get paid because they hit. Yeah. And uh, the only thing that's going to make me feel better about Bobby Wood Jr. is if he starts hitting. Um, and he he's hitting a little bit. Um, he had like you said a couple three hit games. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's coming around. But until I see some strong evidence that he he is going to hit and hit and hit at the big league level. I don't care what his defense does okay. because if he's, if he turns into, even if he turns into a really good defender with really good speed, if his hit tool stays the way it is right now, you know what that makes him? Adalberto Mondesi. Oh God. Don't say it. <laughs> is it, uh, is, is it going to be Omar Infante all over again? I, I, who knows? Yeah. It's, there is so much. It's so hard to, rest upon some of the conclusions that I'm sitting at right now because I don't want them to be true. <laughs> and I still know that there's what, like what we're game 16 right now. Math is hard. Math is hard. There's 146 games left to go. We're 10% um, of the way through the season. Yeah, that, that we are. And so it's, I will. Okay. Let, let me say it like this. You can, you can start off with a 10% deficit and still get a B or a C. You know, you know what I mean? Like they're not, I'm not saying that they're going to win out or anything like that, but you can, they can still end up having a decent season that we're all feeling good about in October. And we'll all remember how bad this month was. The, the, the way to do that though, is going to be making adjustments, making lots of adjustments, pitching and hitting. Um, and that's, that's how we'll be able to judge this coaching staff. We can't judge them by some losses here in April, but, um, if they're still losing like crazy in September, then, you know, we'll be willing to talk about, you know, is the coaching staff actually not good? Yeah, that is very true, but we'll listen, we'll keep you updated on the podcast. The whole team over at Royals review is going to keep you updated in, in written form. I always suggest starting off your day with the Royals rumblings. Um, I think that is, you know, that's a great way to get a feel from even outside the Kansas city media on how the Royals are doing and just stay informed on all things Royals. Um, And I will Jeremy a little bit of an unexpected admin note. So, so bear with me for a second. So if you want to stay updated 
on all things Kansas City Royals, I am going to need your help to you listeners out there. So, frankly, the Royals recap, that is doing it 162 nights a year. All right? And if you want the Royals recap to stay alive, to keep going, well, I'll, I'll still banter with Jeremy. I'll still talk with Greg and Max and the and the whole gang. But if you want me recapping each individual game, I'm going to need your help. Currently, right now on our Spotify, we have a $3 a month subscription set up. All right. That subscription is going to get you some exclusive interviews. All right. I have a couple of interviews line, lined up, going to get those scheduled out. Plus, it's going to get you ad free versions of all the episodes. Ooh. All right. Hey, if you if you want that, I think $3 a month is worth it for what, like 25 episodes, something like that. Like it's a, it's a bargain in my mind. I would pay $10 a month just to listen <gasps> to me talk. <laughs> just listen to you <laughs> listen i i have one subscription so far right now and and it is myself okay so i'm uh <laughs> but if you let's see here it is april 16th right now if you can get me up to 15 subscriptions by the end of this month i will continue to do the rules recap if that's not the case it'll go away simple as that Does that sound fair jeremy uh it seems perfectly fair to me Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Let's get off of that downer real fast. Well, I think this whole episode's been a, been a downer for a lack of better terms, but Jeremy, um, thank you so much. My, my wonderful co-host for joining me as always on this evening's episode. Um, always a pleasure for our newer listeners. Where can people find your work and find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter. Uh, that's pretty much the only social media. Yeah. I do. Uh, H O K I U S Hakaias H O K I U S. And what what are you currently playing? What, what's your what's your handle? I'm still playing Persona Five Royal. That game okay. is the game Got is long, hooked, huh? and uh, it's my third playthrough of the story. I did the vanilla playthrough twice, and so now I'm doing doing the Royal playthrough. There you go. And and so like there's some new stuff which is really cool, and then there's a lot of stuff that's like oh I've done this before. <laughs> Yeah, that is the uh, that can be a little frustrating about campaign based games. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. some some of them have great replayability, but that's not the case with like I'd say ninety percent of the games. Um, again, my name is Jacob Milham. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Milham KC. A lot of Royals, a lot of Chiefs content over there. You can find my writing at Kings of Kaufman. Uh, you can find Jeremy's writing at RoyalsReview.com. And honestly, a lot of great content going out there every single day and a lot of comments and community being built there in the comment section. I always enjoy perusing through them. There's some crazy whacked out ideas in there. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> But that uh, that makes these rough times of the team actually performing a little bit more enjoyable. But everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. And until next time, go Royals.